I'm here at Selhurst Park with a man who epitomises the term modern palace legend. It's goalkeeper Julian Speroni. Julian, thanks for talking to us. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So you've got your testimonial coming up against your former club Dundee. When did you decide that you wanted to play against your former club? Since the very first minute, really, we started uh, we started organising it. The, we had a meeting with the committee, and they asked me who you who I wanted to play, and uh, and I wanted to play Dundee. Um, they they were the club that uh, gave me the opportunity to come to the UK uh, when I was a very very young goalkeeper. And and eventually got me the chance to come to Palace. So it had to it had to mean something to me. I didn't wanted to I didn't want to play a game where uh, you know I didn't mean anything. So yeah, it was a bit special for me. Had you ever been to the UK before when you first came to Dundee? No, no, that was my first time. Yeah, that was my first time. What was it like arriving in the UK for the first mm. time? It was tough, uh, especially the first six months to a year is quite tough because obviously you had to adjust to a new country, new language, you know, everything is different. The, new, the league as well is different. So, yeah, it was tough in the beginning, but um, at the time we were seven, seven Argentinian players there and that, uh, that helped a lot. Did that draw you to the club or was that coincidental? Yeah, it was coincidental, but obviously because of the the manager was Italian and he had a lot of Argentinian contacts at the time, so that's how the opportunity came came through. And obviously you played in a Scottish Cup final in your time at Dundee. What are your memories of that day? And is that one of your career highlights or has the stuff you've achieved here since then kind of eclipsed that? Um, it's difficult to compare, you know, the, the things. I mean, all I've been through here has been amazing, really. You know, well, the good times and the bad times, you always, you know, grow from them. Um, obviously, playing in a cup final is special, but uh, but now we I have so much, uh, so many memories uh, playing for Palace that um, you know I've been like you know Wembley and that um, playoff final, uh, cup games. Uh, I don't know so many, so many through the years. You know that uh, it's hard to pick one special moment. And then when you moved here 11 years ago now, how quickly did it come about from you first hearing that Palace were interested to you signing? Very quick, actually. I the last probably the last mm, two months of the season, that season, the last season I played for uh, for Dundee, um, I knew there was an interest, and apparently they were following me. And and then in the summer, uh, I came back from Argentina. When yeah, I went for my holidays and came back from Argentina back to Dundee, and uh, yeah, the, the manager yeah pulled me and said, "Choose everything is done." And yeah, and everything happened over the summer. And obviously, those first few weeks for you here at the club were, were quite tough to start with, and then you dropped out of the team with Gabo Kirai taking yeah. over. How did you feel towards the end of that first season as we mm. went down from the Premiership? It was tough for me um, because obviously I, I came to play you know, first team football and I find myself playing for the reserves most of the times, and, and it's tough eh, for any player. But I think it was probably one of my, if not the most important season I played for the club because I grew a lot. You had to remember I was only 24, 25 when I signed for the club. So uh, so it was a, a growing process for me. Um, and it, it was so important because I think I became a lot stronger after that first season. Obviously, there's a couple of seasons then out of the team with various different people coming in, including Scott Flinders, of course. Yeah. Did you ever consider and indeed have the chance to maybe go and play somewhere else in those first couple of years? 
Yeah, yeah, because um, when Scott signed for the club, I actually find myself as a number three. <laughs> uh, um, Peter Taylor, he, he was great with me. He was very honest. He was straight with me and he said, Jules, you're going to be my number three. So if you want to go on loan somewhere and, um, you know, play play football, then I help you out. So he was he was really honest with me. I really appreciated that at the time. And um, but I said to him because he, he didn't really know me that well. So I said to him, Peter, if you you know if you give me the opportunity, I would like to show you what what I can do. And he said to me, Jules, I know that you're a top professional, and uh, if you want to work with us, you know you you're welcome to stay and work with us. So that's what I did. And in the end of that season, you know he he said to me, you're gonna be my number one for next season, which was brilliant. He he, he trusted me. Those were a tough few years for the club, of course, moving from Peter Taylor through Neil Warnock's first spell in charge into administration, ultimately. Yeah. How difficult was it Was it to, to stay focused on just playing games and doing what you do with all the turmoil off the pitch? Or did you not really, were you not really aware of that for the first couple of years of it? No, no, you are aware, obviously, when things are, when the club is going through a, a tough time, you're always aware of the situation, obviously, because you, you, you know, you're human beings, you know, footballers, we, we worry about things, we, you know, we, at the time, we didn't know, you know, what was going to happen, if we were going to have a club the next season, and, you know, we, everything is in play, our careers, you know, our family's future, so... Um, yeah, it's the times where you worry a lot, but um, when you step on that pitch, you know you try to forget all that. You, you have a job to do, um, and and that's what a lot of credit to the players at the time because uh, that, that's what they did. You know, they, they pulled together, and we managed to get uh, with with ten point points deducted. We managed to get to that final day of the season uh, in a position where we could still survive it, and and that's what we did. That final day, that uh, Sheffield Wednesday, you know. And all, yeah. all of us who were there that day will mm. never forget it. It no, was yeah. a stressful, nervous, yeah. in many ways horrible day. Mm. And that's just for us fans. Mm. How were you, the squad, feeling that morning? Same. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, you feel it's, yeah, tense. You feel tense because uh, it's not like any other game. You, know, you, you start thinking about not, not only yourself and your families, but also the future of the people that work for the club. You know, everybody involved with the club, you know. It was a very very tough time, and uh, it's one of those games that you manage to yeah enjoy afterwards because you had the success. But during the game, you just you need to do the job. You don't enjoy any minute of that. And yeah, it, it was it was tough since you wake up in the morning. You know, it's a it's a long long day. And of course, it's it's five years ago now that, that all happened. Has that sunk in for you as someone who's been there that long that all those events were so long ago? Um, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I can't believe you know how 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 much how how far we come um, since since those those uh, days. Um, uh, it didn't seem that long ago, but uh, here we are. You know, enjoying our, our time in the Premier League. You know, it's, it's fantastic. And that summer, just jumping back to 2010, obviously after that game at Sheffield Wednesday, there were all the various off-field. Um, situations leading to the current owners buying the club mm. obviously I guess some of the players go away on holiday so were you aware of what was going on with the purchase of the club or did you put it out of your mind and have a few weeks off no no I was I was aware yeah I was aware of what was happening I remember I went back to Argentina you had to see the family friends there but I was always on the phone with friends and checking the news see what, what was going on um, because of that I mean we, we didn't know what was going to what was going to happen and um, and at some point, we, you know, we were worried about the future of the club. Yeah. 
And again, did you have concrete offers to leave the club at that point? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. But uh, in the end, the new owners took over and I had a meeting with Martin and I had a meeting with Steve as well and they told me the, their plans for the, for the future and, and I wanted to be part of it. Um, so I, I decided to stay. And of course we come from there, the next step is that cup run leading to uh, obviously you, did, you didn't play much of a role in that cup run mm. were, you, were you disappointed to watch out on for what was for those couple of years a massive part it seemed then a massive part in the club yeah. just watching from the sidelines as we reached the semi-finals was that difficult to sit on the sidelines and watch that happening um you mean the one that we reached the semi-finals yeah obviously you didn't play in the game at old Trafford. oh yeah yeah is it, yeah, is it difficult yeah. to sit and watch yeah. something like that yeah when you you know you Establish yourself as a number one, and you get used to be, you know, on the pitch all the time. It's always hard to watch you from from the side. You know? But uh, but no, I was I was pleased for Luis because he was playing, and he was doing really well. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's tough to watch you from the side sometimes. But uh, but yeah, you had to you know, accept when when one of your teammates is, is doing a good job. But you had your moment, of course, leading to that that playoff campaign. Before we got to the playoffs, of course, it was a it was a fairly tough run under Ian Holloway, mm. and again another last day, the three two win over Peterborough, Mille mm. scoring the late goal. Mm. Again, did you individually and also as a squad think this might not happen? You look at recently we've seen Derby just miss out on the playoffs. Did you worry that the same thing was going to happen? Yeah, I mean before um, uh, for halfway through the season, you know, I thought we were going to win the league because we I never seen a team outplaying the opposition like we did at the time um, and then obviously we went through a lot of changes you know Dougie went to Bolton and then we have uh, Ian coming in and uh, so it's tough for any team you know to go through those changes uh, you had to adjust to the new manager the new way of playing the game and if you don't take all that information on board quickly then it can become a problem and then obviously we, we didn't we weren't losing games but we had a lot of draws at the time and we were dropping down the table a little bit. So yeah, the last few games again, you can you think oh, we did so well to get here, and now all of a sudden we can, you know, we can drop out of the top six. Um, but yeah, luckily we we managed to to stay there. Did you find it difficult when Dougie left? Because obviously he was a teammate mm. of yours, and yeah. it was a bit of a shock when he actually went to Bolton. Did you find that quite hard? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, because um, we we finally had something good going on, you know, and. and uh, and then all of a sudden we needed to change again. So yeah, I found it yeah tough, but uh, but I understood obviously because you know um, th th this is football and this, these things uh, happen. So as a professional, you had to adapt. You had to to make sure that you you know you do the right things to just carry on. Now let's move on to the playoffs and two saves of yours stand out for me as a fan. I was luckily there to see both. Uh, tipping the I think it was it the head of Ashley Barnes onto the crossbar at the Amex. And that somehow your scoop away from the feet of <laughs> Troy Deeney at Wembley. Yeah. Which one do you remember more fondly? Um, both. I remember both <laughs> because yeah, uh, were key key moments in the game. People ask me sometimes, well, well, what's your best save? You know, what's the save you most remember? And it, the best save for me is not maybe the the more spectacular one, but also the the ones that mean a lot at the time, like. That final day of the season to 2010, when you know we played Sheffield Wednesday, you know I remember making a one-on-one -on -one save in the second half uh, when the game was still 1-0, and if they managed to score that one, then it would have been a totally different game. So I remember that it wasn't a spectacular, but it was very important save, and also obviously playoff the semi-final 
Uh, yeah, I remember he was trying to put it over my head and I had my arms down and I, I just reacted to it and I managed to push it into the bar. And then obviously the, the in the final, uh, when Dini came across, you know, from nowhere really and and actually I was going to my right and the ball was going to my left and I just threw myself at it. I just I wasn't thinking. I was just making trying to make sure that, that ball was not going to cross the, the line. And yeah, and I remember pushing that ball away and then hoping that some one of my teammates would be there to, to clear it and, and they did. So yeah, it was great. During that extra time period, how, how were you feeling? Because we dominated most of the original yeah. 90 minutes, mm. somehow didn't manage to get a goal because yeah. I think Almunia had a great performance that mm. day, your opposite number. Yeah. How were you feeling during extra time until Kev's penalty? Yeah, when we went to extra time, I, I was actually disappointed because uh, we had enough chances to win the game during the 90 minutes. Um, so I thought, wow, we had so many chances. I hope we, we don't pay the price for it now. Um, but then obviously the penalty came and who better to take that penalty than, than Kev. Uh, was, um, I knew he was going to score, he was so calm, so relaxed and uh, yeah, put it, yeah, put it in the back of the net. What did he bring to the club when he came in? Because he wasn't here for that long but he seemed to make a big difference in the mentality. Well, he brought his experience, you know, he's, he's done it all really. Um, and yeah, training-wise, you know, on and off the field, he he was great for everybody. Uh, someone that you can rely on uh, as a professional, you know, as a, um, uh, and and also for, for the young lads to see, you know, how how he trains, how he behave behave himself. Uh, I think it was a great example. And then obviously, once Kev scores that penalty and we're promoted, how long did it take to to sink in over that summer that? You were, you were a Premier League player again after, what, eight, nine years? Yeah, eight years. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, you enjoy it. Uh, the, the next few days, you, you kind of uh, in, in the cloud, you know. But uh, then you had to get back to reality and prepare for the next season. You know, you have a, a short break. And then you had to be yeah, make sure you prepare well because the Premier League, you know, it's not easy. And, and yeah, you, you can't just... Uh, yeah, leave everything. I mean, how can I say? Um, uh, you need to make sure that you you prepare properly in the summer because that is the base for what's coming next. So and that's that's the that was the plan. And as a squad and a club, mm. do you feel you did prepare well? Because obviously it wasn't an easy start to that season. I think we did prepare well. Uh, we did the best we could because obviously we finished the season really late. And a lot of the lads didn't have, you know, uh, I think for me, a long enough break. Um, but I think, yeah, with the fitness coach and um, Ian at the time in Holloway, you know, they, they had a good plan of what we were going to do in pre-season. Um, and I think, I think we've done it. Yeah, um, obviously we didn't start the season the way we wanted. But I think that's that is normal because... Um, you know, it takes time for teams, newly promoted teams, to get used to the new division, and, and it's not an easy division. So, so I think, uh, and at times we didn't, we weren't playing that bad really. We just weren't getting results, and, and that's the Premier League for you. You're not, you, you had to play well, but also you had to make sure you you get, you, you know, you you capitalize on on those chances, and I think we we didn't do that. Did it ever feel like the season wasn't meant to be? I particularly highlight that game against Fulham here where you had two incredible strikes fly past you. Mm. Uh, did it ever feel like it just wasn't meant to be? 
I remember that game exactly. We were dominating the game. We were we were 1-0 up, I think. And uh, we were by far the better team, by far. And all of a sudden, two strikes out of nowhere, and we find ourselves going to half time losing 2-1. And it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, what's going on here? I mean, but again, it's the Premier League. You know, you have top players, top talents. And and that's what they do. You know, they put you under pressure, and when they have a chance, they they score. Obviously, not always with goals like that. But uh, but if you give them a chance, they will they will punish you. What goes through your head when a strike like that flies past you? Because you had it again recently with Matty yeah. Phillips here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel frustrated. You know, you you know you think why me? You know, <laughs> and you think if you you know if you try ten a hundred times more, you probably won't won't score again. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, sometimes you had to put your hand up and yeah, just to say, you know what, well, well done, good strike. Then Tony comes in, of course, in late November. What was the first conversation you had with Tony and what impression did he put across on you? I never had a conversation with him, actually. <laughs> um, I don't know. Tony was, uh, he, you know, he, we knew what kind of manager Tony was and uh, what he does with teams. And it was all about organizing the team. Mm, at the time, we were a bit probably disorganized, or, 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 or not disorganized, but maybe a bit naive the way we were playing. And what he did was simple, really. We just we needed to be more organized. We had to stop conceding goals, um, and that's what we did. And he was, you know, he was good on that. He organized. He, he that's what he does. He organizes teams very, very well. And yeah, giving up a little bit maybe on the on the going forward side, but uh, that brought him success in the past. So yeah, fair play to him. How, how does he drill in on the training ground that sense of organisation? Well, you do a lot of different you know exercises on the pitch, uh, a lot of team shape. So making sure that everybody knows you know what is the, their their tasks. Um, um, so yeah, that's what that's what you normally do to make sure that everybody is ready to go. And in the summer, how much of a shock was it to you when Tony left two days before the start of this season? Huge one, huge. Uh, you, had, you had no idea. No, 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 really, no. To be honest, I I thought he was going to leave after the season when the season finished. I had a feeling. Don't ask me why, but <laughs> I had a feeling that he was going to go. Um, but uh, then obviously. We did all our pre-season work. Uh, we were really, really hard, uh, and then you don't expect your manager to <laughs> to go, you know, one day before the season starts. And so it was a shock for for everyone, I think. Um, but again, we needed to adjust again. I think Keith Keith done a great job every time he was called upon. You know, he, he always managed to settle things down, and uh, he, he was great for us. And then obviously Neil Neil Warnock came to a club and he helped us a lot. Um, and yeah, but it's tough. It's tough because you know it's no idea to lose your manager. You know the way we did. And just touching on Keith there because obviously we love him. He's a Palace fan. He's a Croydon boy. Mm. What sort of approach has he brought when he's come in? Is it is it a back to the wall mentality that everyone's against us and we have to rally around that, or is it something else? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, he Cliff is. He uh, was very clear on his message. He first obviously tried to calm everybody down because it's a, it's a situation where you don't understand what's going on really, um, and he's great at that. You know, he's he was always very very good. He has a lot of experience and 
and, and he was brilliant with the players. Uh, and then on the on the pitch and on the on the tactics and stuff, we we more or less because we didn't change a lot really in those those two or three games that he he was in charge because time really we didn't have the time to change things because uh, you know we, we lost our manager one day before the, the season started so you know there was no time to to prepare something else so we stick with what we were going to do anyway um so but a lot of credit to him it's not it's not easy to be in that uh, position as you said then neil came in why didn't it work second time for neil um i actually think we were being unlucky because uh, i thought apart from one or two games where yeah we we got probably outplayed by the opposition there was other uh, occasions where I thought we played really well and I thought we, we deserved a lot uh, more than we got. Um, and for some reason it, it just didn't happen. So, but that's football, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And, you know, in this, uh, in this Premier League, we, you, know, you don't have time really to, to adjust <laughs> sometimes. You need to get results straight away and, and we didn't have that time. And did Neil's character and indeed his approach seem different from last time? No, no, no. He, he was the same same character, really. I, I had a fantastic time working with Neil the, the first time and the second time as well. Obviously, the results weren't uh, the ones we, we expected. But the uh, he's one of the managers that I, I most enjoy working with. You know, he's, uh, I think he, he's a motivator. You know, he not for not for nothing. You know, he has the success that he had in the past. You know, he has record promotions. So obviously you had to be doing something something well. Um, so I had a great time with it. Yeah, it was a shame that he didn't work out this, the second time. But uh, but I think the, I think he came to a club to to help. He wasn't expecting uh, to be here you know, for a long period of time, and and I think he did that. And again, we talked about your your shop when Ducky left, for example. When when Neil was removed after that Boxing Day game, mm. I know I as a fan wasn't surprised at all. Were mm. you? Well, because obviously we lost that game the way we did, you know, you, you kind of yeah, expect it. Um, uh, you know, you, you, don't, you never want to see someone go like that because, you, you know, it's, uh, uh, I mean, it's, you, you become very close with people. Obviously, we work together every day and you, you know them and uh, you, you want them to be su- successful. Um, but in football, I mean, I had was it 10 managers. I think if, if I count Neil twice, I think it's 10 managers that I had uh, without counting the the um, people in charge, you know, for like Keith, you know, for a few games and stuff. So uh, I kind of used to, used to that. <laughs> and then we come to the tenth of those managers, then mm. Alan Pardew. Mm. That that the turnaround when he came in was was quite incredible. It's been highlighted by us fans. It's been highlighted by the wider media. Mm. Again, what was the first thing he changed in January to, to to spring that turnaround? I think he made everybody believe, you know, how how good the squad was. Um, and obviously, he's, I was impressed really with the, the way he sees football, uh, his tactics, his professionalism, everything you know around him. He, he was amazing. He lifted everybody. Um, and also, uh, one of the key factors for me was the fact that he he put his message across in a way that the players took it on board very very quickly, which is great. Sometimes I mentioned before that. It takes time for teams to adjust to a new manager to see, you know, which way he wants to play and new ideas he brings in. And um, but in in Alan's case, you know, he was uh, he was straight away. You know, all the players took on board what he what he he wanted from us, and I think that, that was one of the key factors. And you say that he he got you all to believe in how good the squad is. Uh, did you not perhaps not believe that so much earlier in the season, and, and why was that? 
No, I think it, because you, you lose confidence, you know, when you lose games. That that is it's, it's, it's like that, you know. You you know when you're winning, everything is great, everything is high, confidence is up. When you start losing games, then everything drops, and then some players tend to think, oh, you know, are we gonna do it? Are we gonna get out of this? Um, and that's they believe you you lose a little bit. Um, but we managed to change change that around. And now looking forward to the future, I mean, how long do you think you've got left in the game? How, how do you want to finish your career here? Uh, yeah, I've been asked that question you know, many times before. Uh, I, I would love to. I would love to. I know in football you never know what's going to happen. You, know, you never know what's around the corner. Um, I'm 35 now. I'm feeling great. I'm having the best time of my career. You know, I've been blessed with with my fitness. And I actually I was talking with George George Wood, you know, my goalkeeper coach, uh, a few months ago. And I actually asked him, George, when did you feel in, you know, in your time oh, that was was the time to 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 retire? And and he said to me, George, you know, the way you look after yourself, you know, um, I used to do the same thing. And fitness-wise, I was feeling great, and I just you know carry on going. Um, the problem for players is when you wake up in the morning and you just don't feel that you want to come for training anymore and you, you know you don't want to travel with the team anymore you know everything becomes you know uh, hard to do then is when you may be start thinking okay probably this is the time for me to retire but obviously we have to be realistic as long as your body you know is in a, in a good shape uh, and that for me that's the key I mean I'm enjoying every minute of it I mean I'm not uh, I, I'm probably as I said before I, I'm having the best time of my career and I'm fitness wise I've been so blessed you know I, th- I think I'm I'm seeing now all the the rewards for you know the, the way I worked when I was younger, you know, to get to that this stage in my career now and be being in the shape I am. And you talk about wanting to finish your career here. You've said how you've turned down moves away from the club in the past. Mm. What's what's the community around here? And I mean, outside of the football club and indeed inside it, what's that come to mean to you since you moved to South London eleven years ago? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the fans they have been. Unbelievable with me, you know. They, I had such a close relationship with with them, you know. Every time, not only on the pitch, but also when I meet people outside the ground, you know, they they show me a lot of, you know, love and uh, and it's and it's, it's it's great, it's fantastic. I was never expected, it. you know, eleven years ago, I never thought for a minute I was going to get to this point in my Palace career. Um, uh, and I, as I say, I'm enjoying every minute. I can't thank them enough, really, for for you know, for all all the you know the support and and what they show me every time you know I I, I meet them. It's, it's just incredible. And obviously, outside of the football club, you've you've set up your restaurant in Purley. Yeah. And I believe you're very active in your local church, aren't you? Uh, is that side of the community just being a resident of South London? What does that mean to you? Yeah, I actually live uh, near Oxted, you know, out just outside the M25. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we are normal people, you know. You know, I know people sometimes see footballers, you know, like, uh, you know, they're up there, you know, they're heroes for some people and stuff. But, uh, you know, that's not the case. I mean, uh, I'm just a normal guy, you know. I have my, I do my stuff, you know, in the community when I can. I, I go to my church, I take my son to school, I meet the other parents. Uh, you know, I'm just one more, you know. I have a, I'm happy to have a, a nice job. But uh, and I'm, you know, people always see you there in the papers and the TV and stuff. But uh, but I just, you know, I, I'm just a normal guy. And you, you, the community response, to say, around where you live in Oxted, uh, and do they treat you as a normal guy or do they look up at you as Premier League footballer Julian Speroni? No, no, no. I feel really comfortable there because um, the you know people here is just very respectful. I I I, I really appreciate that because. Uh, 
sometimes you know back home is not the same <laughs> not the same you know um but uh, you know here people is really respectful and uh, and uh, yeah you, you get recognized you know sometimes but uh, it's always nice you know it's always uh, i can't really recall any bad um memory really of meeting someone on the street or anything like that it's just it's been it's been fantastic for me really and you talked about back home in argentina we talked about all the things you, the amazing things you've done in your career one of the things I want, I want to finish by talking about something you haven't done and that's obviously representing your yeah. country mm. when did you if indeed you have accept that it's not going to happen for you well playing in the championship i knew it was going to be tough because argentina has a lot of players playing at the top top level and and i knew it was going to be very hard for me to get notice uh, even playing the way I was playing at the time, but then when when we got promoted um, a year before the World Cup, I thought, well, now if I have a good season, then I, I may have a chance to to be there. But obviously, the manager um, had been working with the squad for three years before the World Cup. It's not just that last year. So even though I I still have hopes, I knew it was going to be tough because the the team, the squad was almost done you know almost you know they knew who was going to be there but i was disappointed because uh, the the number one keeper wasn't a regular on his team the number two wasn't a regular on his team the only one playing week in week out was number three uh, and with all the respect was he was playing for in the argentinian league which you know is not the same level than the premier league and i was playing against the the guys that uh, were going to be in the world cup you know a lot of the top top stars in the world so so i thought well you know why not um, but then it didn't happen. I was disappointed, but I understood the, the situation. And now I'm 35, and I have to be realistic. And most of the players, you know, are um, retiring from international football at my age. So, and I want to, I want to be there. I want my first, my first cap. So, you never know. I, I, I won't give up, obviously, because I, I still, as I mentioned before, you know, I've been blessed really with my fitness. Um, so, I, I just, uh, it's a dream for me. Uh, I won't give up on it, but uh, but I know it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. And did the Argentinian Federation did they did they ever keep in touch with you? Are you aware that they're watching you, or or do you have no idea? No, I don't really know. No, I don't really know. So it's just a wait and see what happens. Yeah, anything happens. Yeah, yeah, just wait and see what happens. Yeah, keep doing what I'm doing, and then see what happens. And turning back here and looking to to the future, what does next season hold? Do you think? Well, we want to get better. We, when we got promoted, we the, the the obviously the main target that first season was to stay in the Premier League, and now what we need to do is to establish Crystal Palace as a Premier League club. And I think that we are in the right the right path. Um, we want to do better. We want to do even better than than this this season. So uh, it's always moving forward. Uh, that that's that's the the idea. But obviously, you know, the people in charge, the manager, the owners, they had to probably sit down and, and talk what they're going to do, you know, and, and, and plan for the future. But uh, I'm sure that that is the plan. The plan is moving forward and, and keep improving. And as a player, what would it take for you to feel we are an established Premier League club? Because we are looking at a second mid-table finish in a row. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I think the first three seasons probably are the, the, the key ones, um, like Stoke did and the other teams. Um, it's dangerous when you think, oh, we've done it. You know, uh, because it's, it's quite early. We need to keep calm and keep working the way we're doing. Uh, you can't take anything from from for, for granted. You need to carry on doing what you're doing. And if you if you feel that you're already there, that's when you becomes a bit a bit dangerous. 
Julian Spironi, thank you so much for talking to Palace Radio. Pleasure. Thank you, guys.